Dolman is closed to the public for the first time in 4,000 years. Article by Suzanne Pender. For the first time in 4,000 years, the Browns Hill Dolman is closed to the public. The decision by the Office of Public Works, the OPW, to halt work on the historic site was described as an unacceptable fiasco by Councillor Fergal Brown at last week's online meeting of Carlow County Council. For the first time in 4,000 years, the Browns Hill Dolman is closed. The work that was meant to enhance visitor experience began on the 18th of November. It didn't happen then for four weeks and stopped altogether in the new year, stated Councillor Brown. The works are not deemed essential, but in my view it is. It's outdoor and I don't see the problem. I think we need to put pressure on the OPW to finish off the work because it is unacceptable the way it is. To call it a fiasco is an understatement, he said. Councillor Brown revealed that while public access to the site is currently denied, that has not stopped some members of the public from jumping the wall. I think we need to write to the Taoiseach and the department to call on them to finish off the work. They should finish the work in a week or two if they get a good run at it, said Councillor Brown. Chief Executive Kathleen Houlihan stated that the local authority could not and would not be putting pressure on the OPW to complete the work, as the OPW was operating in accordance with COVID regulations. The contract is with them, and I can't tell them the works are essential, in the same way they couldn't tell this council that works are essential, said Miss Houlihan. Councillor Brown said he was disappointed with that attitude, adding that as the site was currently blocked off, the works are essential. I would say their interpretation of the rules is incorrect, said Councillor Brown. I have no difficulty making contact with them, but at the end of the day, the call will be theirs, said an emphatic chief executive. War of Words over Work at Beauty Spot in St Mullins Article by Suzanne Pender Accusations that a council leaseholder seems to think he is above the rules by damaging a protected place of historical significance have been utterly refuted this week by the leaseholder. Councillor Andy Gladney expressed concern about work being carried out at Odlum's Mill in St Mullins, a protected property owned for over two decades by Carlow County Council. The derelict property is located alongside the quay at St Mullins and includes the former Odlum's Mill and nearby Woodville House, previously occupied by the Odlum family. He seems to have taken this into his own hands and is doing a lot of environmental damage, removing stuff, alleged Councillor Gladney at this week's online meeting of Carlow County Council. There's a lot of concern locally about this. He has no authority to go into local authority property and damage it. It's not good enough. He seems to think he is above the rules. St Mullins is a beautiful place and a protected place. You can't go in there and do what you like, he added. Councillor Tommy Kinsler agreed that this is a highly protected area and no one is allowed to touch one spoonful of soil. This man seems to think he can do what he likes, added Councillor Kinsler. Martin O'Brien is the owner of the very popular Mullochon Café located beside Odlum's Mill in a property he has leased from Carlow County Council since 1999. Mr O'Brien confirmed that in recent days he had received a legal letter from the council requesting him to desist from carrying out work on the Odlum's Mill site 
but utterly refuted any suggestion that he had removed trees from there. Whoever is stirring this, I don't know, but I can tell you 100% no trees were cut down by anyone, stated Mr O'Brien, who confirmed he will not be carrying out any work on the site. The site at the moment is dangerous, but the council has done absolutely zilch since they bought it in 1999. I would love to see the chief executive or any council official come down here and actually take a look at what's going on, or I'd be absolutely delighted to sit down with them and discuss a future plan for it, stated Mr O'Brien. Mr O'Brien told the Nationalist that in early February a tree dangerously fell on the edge of the property and he informed the council. The council sent a tree surgeon to carry out work in the area and Mr O'Brien said that while some work was done it is not yet completed. Mr O'Brien stated that the edge of the Odlum site is used as a walkway by the public and that he, along with other members of the community, clean up the area because the council was taking no responsibility for it. He stated that he had cut back brush, scrub and briars. I can tell you absolutely no trees were cut down insisted Mr O'Brien. Mr O'Brien has been to the fore in his views on promoting St Mullins and was an avid supporter of the controversial Blue Way plan. He believes the vast majority of people in the area are supportive of developing and promoting St Mullins. Bridge wall at Milford comes crashing down. Article by Elizabeth Lee. An historic bridge at Milford was extensively damaged on Tuesday afternoon when part of its wall was knocked down and fell onto the barrow track below. The area is a hugely popular destination for walkers and anglers, so it was very fortunate that no one was hurt when the ton-weight capstones tumbled onto the banks below. Part of the bridge wall has been completely knocked down at the local beauty spot, and while the exact cause of the damage is unknown, it's suspected that a lorry or some sort of agricultural vehicle was probably responsible. The bridge, which is notoriously narrow and on a tricky bend, is often used as a shortcut across the barrow and the canal, even though it's not suitable for larger vehicles. The council had erected signs leading up to the bridge stating that it wasn't suitable for heavy goods vehicles, but quite often lorries can get stuck on it. It would appear by the damage caused and the way that the stones fell that it was a bridge strike by a large vehicle. Brian O'Donovan, an engineer and senior executive officer with Carlow County Council who lives locally, told the Nationalist. Very often there are people fishing there and with some of the stones being a ton weight, if they had fallen on someone, this would be a different sort of news story. The accident happened at around 4pm on Tuesday afternoon and the council was informed immediately. Council staff have secured the area while also sourcing the most suitable stonemasons to carry out the specialist work. The bridge will have to be closed while the repair work is being carried out and will undoubtedly cause serious disruption of traffic. One of the biggest challenges will be how to get the capping stones back up off the ground and then back onto the wall. It'll need specialist work, added Mr O'Donovan. Locals are upset that such a key piece of historical architecture has been damaged. Apart from being a local beauty spot that has attracted new visitors to the area since the pandemic restrictions, Milford was also the location of a thriving milling industry, which was set up in 1775. Electricity was generated at Milford in 1891, 
giving Carlow the distinction of being the first inland town in Ireland and Britain to receive electric power. Shed Door Damaged, article by Elizabeth Lee. Garthy and Bagnallstown are looking for witnesses who may have seen suspicious activity in the Kilry Avenue area at around 2.45am on Friday morning, the 16th of April. Damage was caused to a shed door, and Garthy are appealing for assistance in the matter. All information will be treated with confidence, so phone them on 059-97-21212. Burglary in Grangeford, article by Elizabeth Lee. Garthy are investigating a burglary at a premises in Grangeford, Benekerry, on Friday night. A van containing valuable tools was taken, while an office was ransacked and a sum of cash was stolen. The injured party was alerted by a loud bang shortly before midnight and noticed that his van was missing and other cars in the yard had been gone through by the thieves. Garthy and Tullow are investigating, so if you are offered tools for sale from a suspicious source, or if you know anything about the burglary, phone Tullow Gartha Station on 059-9151-222. Prolific Burris author has written five books in just two years. Article by Suzanne Pender. Prolific is certainly the word to describe a Burris writer who in just two years has managed to publish an incredible three books of short stories along with two novels. Mary Nolan from Dunrow Burris is about to release her latest novel, The Hannigan Sisters, an interesting take on Irish rural life and the fascinating stories that can emerge. I started writing in 2019 and this will be my fifth book that I've self-published through Amazon, explains Mary. I did a creative writing course in the People's College in Dublin in 2019 and after that I wanted to start writing so I wrote a few short stories. One of my short stories was published in Ireland's own so that encouraged me to keep going, she adds. Mary's first book of short stories was The Deserted Cottage and Other Stories, then followed A Good Neighbour and Other Stories and then New Beginnings and Other Stories. Mary then turned to novels, publishing Time to Go Home and, more recently, The Hannigan Sisters, completing all five books, editing and self-publishing, in just two years. Mary likes to write about life in rural Ireland and times past, and it's often while out walking in the Burris air that she finds her inspiration. I'd go for a walk and then I can start concentrating on a story and building it up, she explains. Mary enjoyed writing stories and poetry while at school, but it's only in the last two years that she's come back to something she loves to do. I'm 66 now and I used to teach computer class and ECDL in CRISP, so when that ended I wanted to try something else. Mary writes two or three times a week, creating up to 1,000 words each time. It was great during lockdown, but also great to do any time, she says. Mary's books are available on Amazon and at Eason's in Carlow. In the next two weeks, the Hannigan Sisters will also be available in The Little Shop Bagnallstown, Brophy's in Burris and also at Burris Post Office. Ali's Matchbox Collection features in Charity Book, article by Elizabeth Lee. The matchboxes in Ali Bunbury's home in Rathvilly tell the story of her youth. 
They're the kind of matchboxes that restaurants, clubs and bars used to have for their customers, with their names, addresses and phone numbers emblazoned on the covers. Ali collected about 500 matchboxes throughout her 20s and 30s in the various cities she lived in, such as London, Paris and New York. Some of her favourites are from the Ivy Restaurant in London, Pravda's Cocktail Bar or the Milk Bar in New York, the Ritz in Paris or Annabelle's Nightclub in London. When I think back on it, I can look at a particular matchbox and I'm immediately transported back to the bar or club and the city and time that it's in. They're like a reminder or a diary of my youth in those cities. I try not to use them now, but when I do, to light the fire or maybe a candle, I think of the place that they came from. They connect me with that place again, she explains. Those kind of matchboxes became memorabilia for people who didn't even smoke. They took them home with them. It was a very clever way of advertising and promoting your business because its name, address and phone number would end up sitting on someone's coffee table. They're also like little works of art, tiny books with gorgeous writing on the outside and inside matches with different coloured tips. Ali's matchboxes are in containers all around the home she shares with her husband Turtle Bunbury, an historian and author from Lisnava Rathvilly. Turtle is friends with photographer Dominic Lee, who has snapped all sorts of celebrities over the course of his career. He came up with the idea of asking many of his friends, famous and not so famous, about their hobbies and taking photos of them that reflect that interest. He published them in a book called Out of Your Tree, and he's now on the third volume. Ali's portrait sits alongside such well-known faces as broadcaster Miriam O'Callaghan, who's pictured at her piano, as well as Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones and actor Pierce Brosnan, who are both into painting. All proceeds from the book go directly to Make-A-Wish Foundation, but it can only be bought online. To order a copy, log on to www.makeawish.ie forward slash get involved forward slash out of your tree. <laughs>